Hello and welcome to Chat K Podcast, where we break down and review a movie and, you know, give our personal opinions on said movie. I'm your host, Drinking Thomas Shoes. <laughs> and if you couldn't guess from uh, my co-host screaming then, uh, today we're discussing Batman vs Superman, Dawn of Justice, but more specifically, Ultimate Edition. That ruined my throat, that <laughs> Uh, it was released on Blu-ray in 2016. It's uh, the first time in live action that the two most beloved DC icons have battled it out, as well as being, you know, the half-hour longer version of the theatrical release, which came out the exact same year, March specific. The, the theatrical release was a uh, B-Tech version of Avengers Civil War, Captain America Civil War. So you know, it did come out like a month before. Yeah, well, it's still B-Tech. Yeah, like it was like literally like a couple of weeks before that one came out. Still B-Tech. Which is why I find it weird that they put a Doctor Strange trailer before that one. <laughs> because it's Marvel DC. <laughs> to be fair though, it was the first day of uh, showing at the Light Cinema. They fucked up a lot of things that day. Like the fact they put an 18 trailer at the start of the movie and the movie's only 12A. I mean, we've all done that. <laughs> yep. Um... Anyway, uh, the movie was once again directed by Zack Snyder, who we spoke about last week when we obviously covered Man of Steel. Uh, two more movies he directed are the movie Sucker Punch. You know, that weird movie he did back in 2011. Weird doesn't cover it. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And uh, The Legend of the Guardians, The Owl of Gahul, which he did the year prior. You know, that animated one. The Owls. Okay, let's get straight into this then. So, some early thoughts, Hayden. Um, there are some bits that I really loved and the rest that I just forgot about because there are some parts of the film which are very, very forgettable. There's some parts which are very bad choices. <laughs> Facebook guy. Um, and there are some bits that are really fucking good. So it's a mixed bag. It's like, you get a bag and you shove James and Craig in it, but you also shove Alexa Bliss into it. It's like got some really good stuff. Like amazing, like but you've also got them too, and it sort of like it drags the the bag down because they weigh quite a lot. <laughs> okay, that's a respectable opinion there. Um, I feel like when this first came out, I I enjoyed it to an extent. As I say, I watched this the first showing when the light opened back then, because that was the first literally it was the first movie they showed at the light cinema was that on its opening day and its opening time, <laughs> and uh. You know, when it was like five quid a ticket, those kind of days. And um, oh, I can say the good old days then were. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it to an extent. Obviously, you know, as we said, the Facebook zombie line geezer, uh, that it kind of ruins it <laughs> a lot. Um, I think as I went on, obviously, the base edition is a bit naff at times because there is a lot of plot holes in it. But watching the ultimate edition, it does fill some of those not every plot hole obviously but it fills some of them you know to an extent but yeah, I, I I don't know I think it's just because the fact that I've grown attached to a lot of Snyder movies apart from you know Sucker Punch um, I've grown uh, attached to his way of filmmaking and whatnot, and I don't know I kind of enjoy it a bit more than I probably should mm. it's kind of one of those what's that word I'm after based on those movies that obviously in a lot of people's eyes quite bad but to you, it's actually 
enjoyable enough to sit through. And, and to an extent... Like a guilty correct, pleasure. That's the word I'm after, guilty pleasure. Yeah. It's kind of a guilty pleasure watch for me. Or guilty watch. I think that's the word I'm actually... Yeah. It's kind of on those for me. I kind of do actually enjoy this movie. Obviously, there is a, a few things that would... I'll, obviously, hands down, would like to change. And there's a few things that definitely should go out of it. <laughs> I've got the choice of Lex Luthor. <laughs> um... um it's almost it's just as bad as fucking Wolverine CGI claws. But yeah, there's a lot to it I do enjoy. I, I like these whole like symbolic sort of angels and demons side to it. That constant symbolicness. I do enjoy yeah. that. Like the music choice you can tell within that. It's very angel and demon esque. There's some of the like the sort of oh, oh, you know, you get on a drift. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I it's a, it's a guilty pleasure for me, I think. Uh, we'll move on since the obviously opening sequence. So uh, the opening sequence of this movie was obviously the this universe's version of the Wayne murder as well as the funeral. So it basically rolls it into one. And it sort of cuts it together, and I actually really enjoyed it because you know I love the music choice over the top of it. Yeah, I think it's I... very cinematic, artsy, artsy. I do very much find it funny the two actors, the actress and actor, actor they chose for Martha and Thomas Wayne. <laughs> the fact I said in The Walking Dead they're like bitter enemies, and then this they're like, "Oh come on, love, let's go, let's take us to home after watching Zorro or Excalibur." I think it was in this universe. Nothing bad could happen. Yeah. Honestly, they should be watching Macbeth. It would be fucking like ironic. <laughs> it would be very ironic watching Macbeth walk out. Ah oh, shit, we're gonna die. Yeah, I do find it very, as a cinematic point of view, it looks very nice to look at. Very, I want to say a bit different to how we usually get to see these sort of things. So obviously, all the other times we've seen these murders, obviously, yeah. Batman Begins was the, uh, was the Christian Bale ones we saw it in. Um, I'm pretty sure we saw it in near enough all fucking three of the uh, 90s ones. And I'm pretty sure they just did the exact same scene three times. Um, in Joker as well. We saw it in Joker. We saw it in Gotham the first episode. Yeah. Um, other than Joker, though, all those ones pretty much showed it in a normal context of just showing the scene, showing the murder and everything. Whereas, obviously, as we saw in Joker, it was more of like a mon- part of the montage, wasn't it, of the craziness? Mm-hmm. And obviously, this did it in the exact same sort of way. It did it in a it montage like a, sort of. Kind of like scene. Yeah, and obviously, it sort of showcases the first time Bruce obviously sees bats in a sense. For the fact that he, he falls gets, down that well, yeah. doesn't he? He goes to that little cave and gets bitten by a bat and he gets radioactive powers from it and becomes Batman. But yeah, I, I like... I like <laughs> sure, why not? Um, I do like the bit as well when obviously he does fall in the cave and he starts raising him up, the bats do. And it, that's when it sort of symbolises the sort of angel and demon side of it because it, it goes all the way yeah. to a bright light because obviously then that fades into the actual you know, present day intro, which is technically a past day intro for the fact that it's the exact same scene from the end of the first one, but from another perspective, which we'll get to actually when we talk about the action scenes, because it's very action-centred and very like full throttle in a sense. But for an opening sequence, I think they could have done worse. Yeah, I agree. I mean, let's be honest, like, we've seen like his parents die more times than we've seen Uncle Ben, and that's a fucking a lot. So, it's Okay, in the animated versions. Yeah, it okay. wouldn't be. It wasn't really needed, but 
least it did it in a way it wasn't as samey samey. Yeah, like him bit... just sitting there going, <sighs> dead parents, flashback time. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, it was more of like put, put into the open sequence. Like, a bit like Deadpool 2 when there's the whole singing dance bit at the start. You know, it's more of like there as a you know, show way of putting the credits and stuff instead of actually being like, right, this is my big point point like turn i moment i turned and all this serious bits well like, you know what's happening there's only three for context you know what's happening there's no point of putting more focus to it yeah because if, if but, you know, it's one thing everyone knows about batman their parents. Their parents. <laughs> literally yeah because if you if you think about it um the obviously they said the deadpool intro that was obviously showcasing what he's been up to since the first movie, whereas this obviously is just remind going okay. So the first movie we had of this, it fully focused on Superman, saw him and whatnot. Okay, so yeah, there's actually Batman in this universe. You, you uh, what didn't you know Batman was in this universe? Okay, we didn't mention it in the first film, but yeah, there's Batman in this universe. This is a uh, you know his origin slightly here, and then we're actually going to jump yeah. into the present day when he's you know big butch bat. I do like that as well for the fact that these first two movies they opened with the essentially how this character was born in a way so obviously the actual superman one he you know actually did show him physically born whereas (laughs) this one is metaphorically being born as the dark knight so it's a nice way of sort of throwback to that sort of idea of the first movie which it probably isn't but you know if you think of it that way it's a nice throwback it's like, it's like obviously the whole point is the whole point is filming is you're basically comparing Batman and Superman there's differences and what makes them the same and obviously the whole point is both of them basically were born physically and metaphorically with their parents dying obviously Superman's born physically and then sent off while the, their planet dies and he his father dies and obviously Bruce is metaphorically born into Batman when he physically sees his parents dying. There's another big difference with them, though, is obviously Superman never saw his parents die because he was a baby and could probably not even remember them. No, he was blasted off, wasn't he? He was gone by that point. Like, uh, like, even if he did physically see him, he wouldn't remember. Exactly. Whereas Bruce obviously did see him and was more traumatised. And by the time like, Superman watches, like human father die he was sort of old enough now to like deal with it wouldn't be as traumatic so that that's like the big like the initial difference you know have a, the same kind of situation happen how it was dealt with and the ages or affect how it's like impactful it is so, yeah Nice little speech there. That was, that was very intriguing. Um, obviously, before we actually move on to the casting characters, it wouldn't be right to talk about this sort of BVS style fight, whatnot, without referring to essentially what inspired it, which is obviously the Dark Knight Returns storyline. Which I watched the animated movie earlier on, and it splits like two parts. The first part actually, it kind of does like what the first era of this movie does, which is focus on. Well, obviously, ignore the Superman side of it, but it focused on, obviously, Batman being Batman. 
Whereas the second era actually focuses eventually on Batman versus Superman. But so we get to see both sides, which again, another thing that probably wasn't as fully necessary. Like there were some bits of the Superman which were unneeded or kind of boring. So maybe if we saw it purely from Batman's perspective, it probably would have been a bit more interesting. But the whole point is like it's still a Superman movie as well though. It's yeah. not just Batman, it's both of them. They've gotta have both sides at least. So yeah. if that was done better it probably would be more better. But you know, it's like it depends how you wanna spin it. Like if you, it, it could have been cool if it was more of a Batman film. Instead of it being more of both. Like we don't we do Superman. Maybe a Batman film and then this probably would have been a better choice. But obviously, like, one of the main things is, like, let's be honest, they were trying to catch up to Avengers. Because, like... Well, they were, were how many years behind? Yeah, because they were quite rushed into it. It was, like, straight away for the team after one film. It's, like, a little bit rushed, but they had no choice, really. Like, they could have slowly built it up, but by the time they've got round to it, Endgame happened, and they're like, why the fuck are we going to compete with that? So it's like... Well, technically, Endgame came out two years after the failed team-up. Yeah. But, you know... I mean, I mean, like, by the time they got, like... They slowly built it up first. And then got around to it. They've already been beaten by by Endgame. So it's... Probably... They didn't have the choice to slowly do it. They had to rush into it. So that's why it probably wouldn't... It probably isn't as polished as it should have been. Fair, from what I've been reading in terms of obviously what Snyder was planning, he already had like this entire sort of plan of how he was going for yeah. it. It was literally essentially five movie arc, starting with Man of Steel and ending with Justice League Part 3. And from what I've been reading earlier on, it, apparently all this, because a, a lot have been revealed from this like storyboarding from the later parts of this like five movie arc. And apparently everything you've they've basically it's been leaked and whatnot ignore it because apparently it's just over the time it's been leaked and what it's just developed it differently and changed a lot of stuff so basically it's not as if they're spoilers anymore that it's actually just old shit that probably still going to be there but a lot of it is going to be changed so he's literally just the, it's the hope of if this what's coming out at the end, later this month is successful that they give a go ahead to finish yeah. actually off his story because apparently it ends in a cliffhanger from what i've read the next the movie that comes out this month so you know <laughs> Don't want I mean, those cliffhangers. <laughs> I mean, it's probably a bit like, um, a bit like Marvel. Don't get mentioned in Marvel. But obviously, the whole point with Avengers, like Josh Whedon, like never actually. <clears throat> okay, redacted Whedon. Thank you. <laughs> never actually um, made like had any idea any plans for the MCU. Like he literally just was like, okay, I'll just put this in, do this, and then they were like. Like, make sure you add, add that scene in and that scene in. It's like, our, our part of it is like, he didn't really have any plans or anything because it's more, everyone else was just pushing him into what they want. So, you know, it works, but you can see some things which didn't quite, like, connect. Look, obviously, some of the um, end credit scenes were completely different to, like, don't really make sense of the whole overall plot unless you 
wiggle around like oh we that scene when we saw Fran saying finally do it myself was done just after he like went to Nivellia. If you put that in your own head cannon instead of like when it was made to look like it was straight away after Ultron him planning it. There were some plans that obviously were made which never really end up that way and was changed. So you can see how over the time things do definitely do shift and become more to what the they think would be a better story for the audience and what would fit the whole plot overall than to their initial idea. Well if you think about it though, that, that obviously that franchise that's obviously headed yeah. by someone who's really above all of them. And basically, yeah. it's just full of different directors giving their visions as long as it fits into his vision. Yeah. Whereas this universe, it's a lot of it early on was practically just Snyder. He was the one who built this universe up. Though they obviously brought in obviously other directors eventually, like the fact they brought in uh, David Ayer uh, for Suicide Squad, Ooh. Patty Jenkins for the Wonder Woman movies, James Wan for the Aquaman. Um, I can't remember the guy who did Shazam, but that guy. Um. I'm trying to think now. His mind's going blank here of other directors. Um, the one who, uh, the one who did uh, Birds of Prey. You get my gist. I'm going with here. Yeah, I get it. Obviously, eventually they sort of do another into these different directors, giving them their visions. But originally, obviously, it's Snyder behind everything. Yeah, and obviously there is people above him. They're still not stopping him a lot of times from getting his vision out. Though eventually they did when they you know, fucked him yeah. up and everything. But eventually they brought More him back like, in because yeah. they're like, when okay, failed, vision, get in. Yeah. I think when his vision didn't match up to what they wanted, they were like, get rid of him. I think cause I do think like the executives behind like Warner Brothers and stuff, they're like, we got to copy Marvel because they're making as much money. Other people are going to want to cash into that. Like you, for example. <laughs> Look, you told me to write that franchise. You're telling me to do it. I'm joking. But, yeah, see? I want money. And they have money. Let's do what they do. Yeah, but I want to go darker at times. That's what I mean. You like Snyder? That's what I think. No, with DC, they should just stick to the darkness because DC is very dark at times. And, no, obviously, that's that's why I think one of the main reasons... Obviously, there's many, 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 many reasons why the, the Justice League yeah. failed, or Justice League, as people keep calling it. Um, they tr- they took this basically dark tone that was in these like early how many movies, and basically yeah. just went, oh no, let's actually just make a straight up Avengers movie here. Yeah. Literally, just take okay. a lot of stuff from Avengers, like the scene from this uh, Age of Ultron where uh, uh, Black Widow and Hulk fall over the table and on top of each other. They literally did the exact same scene in fucking uh, Justice League with Wonder Woman and Flash. They yeah. basically took a lot of stuff people knew and loved from those movies and went, okay, let's just put it in this. No one will notice. Everyone noticed. Box office disaster. But that's what I mean. They changed the tone drastically. You can't do like how many movies was before just like it was these two. We've done so far Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman, wasn't it? So it's four movies that were dark. Even though obviously Suicide Squad got a lot of cuts from it, it still had that dark overtone. It still looked like it could have easily been directed by Zack Snyder. Just with obviously a more yeah. f- funner undertone. Snyder with more neon glowing. And yeah. But then obviously, as I say, they ch- and changed everything from those darkness into this really light movie. And though obviously we've seen the facts of Shazam and Aquaman, they've gone back to, they've stuck with that sort of lightness. And even Birds of Prey, they've stuck with a bit like that lightness. But there's still been enough darkness within them to make it still fit within this 
chronological sort of timeline, if you get my drift. Yeah. It would be like if Iron Man and Captain America 4, those films were like really, really fucking dark. Well, if you think about it, the first four was, was quite dark at times. They were dark, but like there was obviously a lot, there was again, a bit more of a the, themes. The, well. Then again, the first, like, the first movies of each of them were quite dark at times. God, even I, I, yeah, the Paramount like, side of it, apart from yeah. the Avengers, were quite dark. But then obviously they well, sort of drifted away. But then again, you still get the occasional dark one, like uh, was... Winter Soldier, for example. That's an I think example. all Marvel films have the elements of darkness to them. But they, they, they choose more, more than others. They choose more, obviously, like, fun at times. Yeah, like Ant-Man's obviously one of the more comedy-fully ones. So it's Guardians. Rock, one of the fucking funny ones. Yeah, all these ones are a lot more upbeat, but there are still dark undertones to them. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy. Fucking that, like, you see it at the first, like, start of it, you see his mum dying of cancer straight away and then it goes to like all these comical sides but there's still some proper dark moments to them but the whole what makes Marvel their comedy work is they don't take themselves too seriously they know when to like not be too serious and when to stop whereas I think because the DC was like a lot into more dark and serious and then they were like if, if they add like some sort of moments of comedy to it, but still keep that theme, it would have worked. But because they were like, well, Marvel funny, let's do that. And sort of the tone shift too much that it became unsettling in a way. Like, the fuck is yeah, going on? Yeah, it should have been like a small, if they're going to yeah. go light, they should be more subtle about it. But I, st- yeah. I, I still think they should have stuck the dark tone. They started with dark. What's the point? They made yeah. sure just carry on this dark overtone. Whereas like, as you say Marvel's got this more fun yeah. overtone and lighter overtone, but as you say it's got this subtle dark overtone. Yeah, it's this little tiny bit here. Whereas obviously DC is more dark. Okay, there's a little, little, little bit of subtle uh, lightness yeah. in there. Like as you say with Suicide Squad, but it was more dark. But then they've sort of drifted that the other way around there, yeah. which as you say is just straight up copying what Marvel have done for the past fucking decade. But I still think they should have stopped the dark because when it's dark, I like it when it's dark, which is why yeah. I'm very interested if, obviously, the New Justice League is successful, if they uh, give Aya's Aya cut, basically, of Suicide Squad the chance. Because I do want to see the dark version that we got from the first trailer. Because yeah. that would be interesting to see from what I've been reading was cut from that movie. Mm. Um, like, how I think they should have done it is like, they should, all of the characters that were dark keep that dark theme, that dark tone, and only just have Flash be the comical character. Or Aquaman, because that's clearly worked for that as well. Right, yeah. Have them two be kind of like the comical ones. Like, the, like, Hawkeye and, like, characters, and, like, you know what I mean? Basically, have, basically have all the, being, yeah. the, the... Basically, the ones that can be used in light and dark, yeah. or, but they're more humorous at times, or ones you don't take seriously at all, like I say, Aquaman back in the day. Yeah. Have them as the light tone yeah. of the movies and their movies in general will be a bit lighter but like for stuff like Batman and obviously either start with Superman just keep them as the dark ones even Wonder Woman yeah. keep that as dark keep them like yeah I, I get I get what you're saying that way you'd be more in character and if you wanted to slowly have them before become more light less serious and more lighter then you can do that because that could be character development but if they go straight away into like he's mourning over the lost Superman let's make him crack jokes yeah I get, I get what you're saying. 
Yeah. And we've drastically gone off t- uh, topic from the original talk. <laughs> I was, I was, I brought Dark Knight Returns, and then we just went off completely into this Marvel versus DC discussion. It's but, more of like how, yeah, that that big problems of like the next film of what the original cut at least it is obviously the tone and yeah. there's no none of that here because the tone is quite still dark, dark. Really. yeah it's very 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 broody like batman mm-hmm. so which works for dc yeah talked way too long about <laughs> stuff there uh so we'll move on to obviously the cast and characters so i'll start off with obviously the superman side of it the returning cast there's a lot of returning characters from the first one but i'm gonna yes there is just basically like, name four. the name well, no, there's, there's a Martian. Yeah, Martian Manhunter's back. Yeah. And the, his assistant, she's back. Obviously, yeah, like him, Perry. uh Perry's back. Mm. Uh, there's basically a load of characters that are back, and a load of new characters, so I'll get through it. So, first off, we have Clark Kent, Kal-El Superman back again. Once again, Henry Cavill, who was in the Mission Impossible movie, mm. Fallout, which is a really good movie. I recommend watching that one. It's one of the best Mission Impossible. Well, sorry, is the best Mission Impossible. <laughs> but yeah, obviously at times, obviously Henry Cavill again does a good job, like he did in Man of Steel. But compared to Man of Steel, I don't think he's on par as he was in that film. Yeah, it's like what I think he did good enough for what he had. Yeah, but I think if the writing was a little bit better and it was done a bit better, he would have seemed a lot more like Superman. It's not, I don't think it's his acting. I think it's... It's how they wrote the character this time. Yeah. So they, 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 they drastically changed how he was from Man of Steel. Because if you look at Man of Steel, at the end of it, he's like, oh, don't find him. He obviously blows up that fucking uh, the satellite drone thing. He's yeah. like, oh, don't find me. He's sort of like this, essentially a sort of godly figure that everyone loves. And then this one's straight away like, oh, yeah, there's, there's people that love him, but there's a lot of people that really fucking hate him there. So, yeah these people superman do you want to go to court here you go here's a courtroom yes <laughs> it's like it's like they went oh we've got ben affleck he was in daredevil let's do a court scene with superman <laughs> oh yeah yeah let's get the one who let's get the character who like played a lawyer and not have him used in any law law stuff at all <laughs> amazing <laughs> but yeah, so he's kind of like a mixed bag in this film compared to the first one. Because obviously we both praised him massively for the first one. He was really good at bringing Superman to life on the big screen mm. for the what it was like seven years after the last time it ha- uh, we saw someone, which obviously was Brandon Roof from yeah. uh, Legend of Tomorrow. But this version is kind of a bit of a letdown to where he was in that. I'm hoping the Justice League one when he is in that he does a lot better than what we got in you know the original version of that as well. <laughs> so hopefully, fingers crossed. Then again, he's, there's no moustache. But then again, the irony of me choosing Mission Impossible Four Letters his movie this time is the fact that's the reason he had the moustache in the first place because he had a moustache for that movie. And they went, "Yeah, you're under contract. Your moustache is under contract. You can't shave it off." <laughs> literally, his moustache. His literally his moustache was under contract. He could not shave. And they had no way of like hiding it instead of using shit CGI. Well, I watched someone like the. Uh, redo that CGI on a cheaper budget and they did it so much better there's actually a video like, somewhere I can't remember where I saw it on YouTube but it's somewhere that someone literally does the exact same digital effects but does it so much better you can't tell it's there compared to do you bleed <laughs> oh bad <laughs> but yeah Mission Possible is the reason he had the moustache imagine having a moustache never under contract you can't shave <laughs> it's got a life of its own though 
It's like Stop fucking Pe- it's like Peter when he grows that chip on his shoulder. He's got a loaf in town. <laughs> anyway, uh, move on to our next obviously returning character, which is obviously Lois Lane once again played by Amy Adams, who was in the movie Enchanted. And again, similar to uh, Henry Cavill's uh, Clark Kent Superman in this, she's a bit of a letdown compared to the first one. I feel like one of the things with both of them is the fact that. As you say, a lot of times when they're obviously it's their characters' arcs, it's not as good as when you see Batman come to life on the big screen again. And yeah. I feel like he overshadows a lot of what they do, which is obviously what makes them a bit more. Man, there was a man. It's you know. They both get. They both get. But uh, as I said, I praised her in the first film again because I thought she was really good in the first film. But then again, I feel like she had more screen time in the first film because she was more thoroughly into the plot whereas this one she she isn't she isn't at the same time though she does a lot of obviously stuff to like, say oh yeah uh, this bullet yada yada we know what this is i've got uh, basically bad guy here oh, yeah lex Luthor, yada yada let's do this she basically, she basically is there to pretty much say like to fix it a little like hold the plot but like oh uh, the reason why like they're all being like arrested and stuff is because it was Luther who caused the initial shootout at the start. Yes, see plot. She's, I just, yeah, I, I, just, I, just, I don't know. I just feel like she's a bit of a letdown compared to the first one. Yeah, it's more of like she was just used as a way of like, plot, plot filler. Yeah, she's there for information and there to like get Superman to places, and that's pretty much it. Whereas in the first one, obviously, she was hunting Superman, wasn't she? Trying to track she's, him she's down. More... She's actually doing yeah. proper journalism. Yeah. Whereas this, she's more just doing like sort of CIA type work. Like the reason why at the start she's there is because she's doing all the reporter stuff, but everyone else is using her. She's pretty, yeah. she's pretty much just become the damsel in distress, which it's is a shame. Bit, you know, it's a bit lame. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, it happened. <laughs> okay, so next up we have Martha Kent again, played by Dan Lane, who's in the movie Unfaithful. And again, she then again she didn't have much screen time in the first one, but again, I feel like she had a bit more screen time in that. And of course, in this yeah. version, she she's there for the pivotal yeah. moments, if you know what I mean. Yeah, she's basically there to stop the fight. Yeah, and be a damsel in distress at the same time. Yes, but also it's a moment of like trying to encourage, like to mean like you don't own them anything, and that's literally about it. Get from her. Yeah, she's not really as useful in this movie as she was in the first. Yeah. Again, Again. I, 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 we've said this for the last two. Uh, not as good as the first one, then. Basically, anyone to do the Superman family isn't as good as the first one. Yeah, that's agreed. And of course, we get uh, we get Zod as well back. I think his performance in this was a lot more better than the other one. He seemed a lot more like active and a lot more less like Deadwood in this uh, film than the previous one. So, who are you talking about again? I I got sidetracked in my mind. Zod. Oh, Z- <laughs> you mean he's, you mean he's dead corpse? I think his I think his performance in this film was <laughs> a lot better. Than the previous. <laughs> yeah, like it, obviously, I felt the character. It felt like he was there. Then the other film, it just felt more like I'm a generic villain, but this one is beautiful. For fuck's sake. 
We'll move on to the next batch of characters, which is the Batman side of it. To kick it off, obviously, we'll kick off with Bruce Wayne, Batman. Yeah. Played this time by Ben Affleck, taking the role from Christian yeah. Bale. And he was... Well, we couldn't mention him without mentioning the film Daredevil he was in. <laughs> the fact we've already mentioned it once, certainly. <laughs> and the fact that Hayden spent most of the movie uh, watching it going, oh, he's blind. <laughs> he's blind, though. He can't see. <laughs> but yeah, we, we can, I think we both couldn't agree that Ben Affleck was... Uh, before he was announced, we wouldn't, both would have probably said, like, hmm, I don't know. It's be- it, really? he played, he, I, I can't see it. Exactly. That, that, <laughs> okay, she didn't make a pun there. Of course she did. Um, I feel like, obviously, we both would have said something like that, but after watching it, we both very much agreed that Ben Affleck was a perfect choice to play Batman. It he brings this good. other side to it, obviously, this more mature, older side. Because, obviously, every other version we've seen is usually like this young playboy or... To an extent, like maybe in the thirties to forties, yeah. but this is mostly like a much older sort of not too old that it's like Dark Knight Returns where he can't climb a rope properly, but old enough that he's been doing this work for twenty odd years. I think it's twenty years. Uh, yeah. Alfred points out at one point, or more than twenty years. I can't remember. He did say twenty. I don't know if he meant more or just exactly, but basically, it's the first time I've actually seen Batman who's been doing this job for a very fucking long time, and I really enjoyed Ben Affleck's performance as Batman. It's like, it's like um, in the previous films, I've done Batman. It, like the back yeah, Batman felt more like series one Arrow, you know, yeah. still making mistakes, very young, still quite playboyy, but has a, has that own, that element of darkness to it. Whereas obviously, then it becomes like this one's more like the last series of, of Arrow with him in it, like a lot more age withered down suffered so much loss that another bit of loss just throws him over the edge which obviously kind of technically happens here more like this Batman has been obviously lost a lot of people because I mean they're basically like the whole point Robin's already fucking dead in this so you know it's like he's lost his partners lost his family He's just been pushed down, grinded down. That you can definitely feel that, and it, I mean, it even makes like what he does like understandable because he suffers so much loss, and he feels like he's probably losing control of his life or anything like that, which most people would do when they've had they've had so many deaths that probably wants to pin all that frustration on somebody and uses Superman. Because of what he's reckless fighting, and, yeah, I, I, he did a really good job at it. Yeah, I, hundred percent agree there. Because obviously, mm. coming off Christian Bay, it's a fucking tough task. So obviously, Henry Cavill coming off fucking like all the other actors who played him, none of them have really lived up to Christopher Reeves back in the old yeah. days. So it's not as if it's like too much of a task for him to come in and go, "I'm Superman." Whereas Batman, he's literally got to come off the back of Christian Bale who had the exact same sort of task as Henry Cavill with the fact that he's coming off the back of fucking Val Kilmer and fucking George Clooney, who yeah. were nowhere near at Michael Keaton. So it's not, it was a tough task, and I feel like he did really well. Because I know, obviously, there's still some people who are not a fan of Ben Affleck's Batman, but I'm a big fan. Connor's one who's not, for example. Yeah. Uh, he does not like Ben Affleck as Batman. But I disagree. I think Ben Affleck's called Batman, and it's a bit dark in my background, but yeah. obviously... As seen, I'm a very big Batman uh, 
Ben Affleck Batman guy because I've got a fucking statue from the movie and he's Batarang. I mean, uh, let's be honest, like, his task was pretty much the same task that Joe Leto had coming off the back of, like, the Dark, Dark Knight, like, Jericho. Yeah, he's Ledger. Jesus Christ. He's like, yeah, literally, that task was almost impossible. And he failed miserably. <laughs> and obviously, that could be different in the extended, the actual proper fucking original cut. Who knows? When, we'll when, when we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see. It's, it's, not, it's not like it's Joe Litto. It's not like going to be that like groundbreaking, let's be honest. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be anywhere near the two we've got. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it's like a sibling that you, you, you know, yeah. you don't like, but you have to like for him being there. I mean, fucking Facebook guy did better job being like a Joker like character than Joe Litto did. And he wasn't even playing Joker. <laughs> yeah. He, he, I mean, his performance was a joke, but still. Yep. Yes, it was. But yeah. <laughs> uh, thumbs up, Ben Affleck. Good job. Yeah. Uh, so we'll move on to our next uh, Batman character, which is obviously Alfred. Another sort of similar situation here because we've had the great Michael Caine. Uh, Jeremy Irons is the one who plays him this time, who we last saw when we did the Assassin's Creed podcast last year. And no. I fucking it, it spent, I spent ages trying to figure out what I didn't say he was in. So I don't think I said this. Uh, the Borgias, or whatever it is, that fucking religious TV show he was. Like, yeah. He was in there. Uh, and he again... Who so. said that one last year? He was fine. That's why I couldn't use it. He killed Mufasa. I can't stress it enough. <laughs> Alfred killed Mufasa. But yeah, this like fucking Ben Affleck and Christian Bale. Irons got like my fucking Michael Caine. Because Michael Caine had three movies to prove why he was a great Alfred. And he fucking knocked out the park. But again, similar to Ben Affleck's Batman, I think Jeremy Irons came in and gave us a really good uh, Alfred. I feel like he gave us yeah. a different kind of Alfred. A bit, obviously a bit, not young, young, but a younger-esque. Because he's still fucking old. But he gave us this more, I want to say fun aside at times. Because he's a bit of a joker at times. No pun intended, because we keep mentioning Joker. Kind yeah. Of. And obviously, he's the one trying to be the one that's drawing Batman back to Earth. Like, oh, Superman's yeah. not our enemy. Don't fucking start a war that we don't need. But, alas, he doesn't listen. Vengeance in mind. You know, Batman stuff. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel no, like Jeremy Irons was a good <laughs> I feel like Jeremy Irons was a good choice for Alfred. Definitely, I agree. Like, he is just amazing. Like, you can play a good villain, you can play a good butler. That's all you need to say about him, really. So, it's yeah. only, the only good thing about Justice League was that Jamie Irons back. Yeah, I mean... Because like, he actually did good in that movie. <laughs> I mean, like, the whole... Like, it mentioned, like, it was a tough thing for him to deal with, but... Because of who he... Like, he, how, how good he is, it, we all knew it probably wouldn't have been that hard. It's like... If you were to get like Morgan Freeman, it's not like, like it's so like hard to like replace any of Morgan Freeman's characters because it's how unique he is. Whereas I think because of how good Jeremy Irons is and how good Michael Caine is, like they're like balancing effects. Titans, the two titans basically. It's like you can't Teen Titans, they, different movie. Yeah, they <laughs> can't beat each other, but they can still, like, stand each other's place, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. None outshines the boat. Both of them don't outshine, outshine each other, but they more, like, complement each other in a way. Like, 
they both they both do different sides to the Alfred, but they're both still good sides. Yeah, I I, yeah. I, I think they both showed two different sides to Alfred. Obviously, Mark Kane had the more sympathetic at times. So the fact that yeah. uh, the one scene literally when Bruce is dead, he starts crying. Sympathetic, whereas yeah. obviously as you say Irons shows the more sarcastic. Uh, yeah, do you really have to actually do that? I know I'm supporting you and whatnot, but yeah. I think this, you know, this isn't the right path you should choose. Choose this path instead. Mm. Uh, the both, they both, both definitely feel like father figures. Yeah, well, who aren't trying to overstep their burdens. Yeah, kind of the need to. Yeah, you know. I agree. So we will move on to our goddamn it villain. Um, obviously we have Alex Luthor as the main bad guy of this movie he's played by Jesse Eisenberg who was in Zombieland but it's Hayden uh, keep saying the social network because he was in that fucking yeah <sighs> Lex Luthor yeah yeah the, the bald very intimidating serious guy the very opposing character okay we'll get Mark Zuckerberg with a wig on can we can we just speed through him can we just say one word to sum him up Shit. Uh, obviously, the last character I'm going to mention is the new hero to the movie, which is Diana Prince, Wonder Woman, played by Gal Gadot, whose first movie role was Fast and Furious back in 2009. And she fucking overshadows everyone. Yeah. <laughs> she, when she, she that was literally the one scene she just comes in, just blasts, blocks everything with a fucking uh, a, a bracelets, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm here, and we're like, okay, time to simp. <laughs> but yeah I feel like she gives us this different kind of Wonder Woman that we're used to sort of seeing because as you said as I said when watching it a lot of the old incarnations of Wonder Woman but a lot more butcher women because Amazons um, but this obviously version is a lot more less butch more realistic really yeah she fits more into this sort of universe and mm. as you say when she comes in she just overshadows everything it's like yep she's cool We've got badass music badass she fights yeah. like hell. There you go. Great. I mean, wait for the Wonder Woman movie. Ma- I mean, Batman for the entire film just simping over, really. Season of yeah. Pie. I'm going to fucking follow her. Oh, there she is. There she is. Oh, she's over there. <laughs> I don't know the fuck she is, but I'm going to keep looking at a picture on the internet of her. <laughs> but yeah, she, she's good. She's very good in this. Definitely. Very good. Perfect choice. Okay, we'll, we'll move away from the char- casting characters yeah. and on to the story. So obviously the start of the story is basically the aftermath of the Zod attack at the end of the last film. Uh, the middle is basically Batman basically trying to find a way to defeat Superman and obviously Superman did not, obviously all these fucking ju- judge jury and, uh, and whatnot. Basically during the Castellorian order for a while. And then yeah. the end is basically the, actually the Batman versus Superman fight and then Trinity versus Doomsday. So obviously how the story flows, it works fine. It works fine how it goes. Obviously as you say, some of the Superman stuff is a bit meh. But there's no real story. It's acceptable. It has its moments and it has its yeah. Basically, has its ups and downs, like any sort of movie tends to. There's there's things that I would take out, but apart from that, the good stuff that they actually did, like, were really good. It's just the bad stuff. We're just like, uh, meh. Why? Yeah, I. I do agree there massively. Mm. So uh, that was a quick sum up of the story. <laughs> uh, there's not, there's not, there's not too much to say because obviously a lot, a lot of stuff we'll cover anyway from talking to like the a lot of the actual sequences because they sort of flow into the story. Anyway, yeah. So we'll just, we'll just move on. Um, obviously cinematography. 
And again, similar to Man of Steel, Snyder has his vision of cinematography, and it, it looks nice. It looks really good. The, the nightmare sequences look really cool. Um, the actual fight between Batman vs. Superman looks really well, obviously, in a cinematic term. Um, the opening looks really nice, because obviously we get to see it from a different point of view. Um, as I said, the fucking the intro, the the murders, that's really nice to look at. I, I, I think it's really decent cinematography. It's really good again. Mm. I mean, especially like when, like during the fight for the scenes, because it's quite dark during the fight scenes, and like when they use kryptonite in it, and like the green sort of like just, oh, like it probably like covers the screen and stuff. It's like fucking hell. It really, it did look really good, and it feels like you when you physically see like Superman getting weaker, and it's beautiful. The scene. And obviously, the Wonder Woman intro when she comes into it, that's really well. Yeah. That looks really fucking good. Fucking yeah, yeah. Like, like the like heat, like bouncing off the shield and stuff, it's like slowly fading away. And the music. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. It's literally the next category, so hold those horses. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, as, as we stated last week with the Snyder's films, even when they're a bit down, the cinematography is always on par. Cinematography, I've always used it as shadowing the rest of the movie. Sucker Punch, cinematography is great. Movie, not so great. Um, but you get you get my drift here. Man of Steel had a great uh, cinematography, and he brings that again into this. He brings us this. Obviously, he makes it a bit more darker. The sort of it, it's a, obviously the first film and it's dark cinematography at times, but this it makes sense for the fact you know Batman's here. So it makes sense it being a bit more dark and grittier, and I feel yeah. like they captured. The, the fact that, you know, Batman's here. It's dark and gritty. I'm Batman! Yeah, good cinematography. Definitely. Like, even the Batcave. Yeah. Like, within there, it looks good. Like, it's, it's dark, but there are some, like, light moments to it. Like, so it's... Chef's kiss. I like a lot of the... I like the stuff, some of the, Even though the, the scenes, like, when he's just in his house, when he's just waking up, and that, they're quite, they look quite yeah. nicely well shot. Although I still think his house is basically the Avengers camp compound <laughs> stolen. Well, it's Batman. <laughs> he probably did just uh, bid Tony Stark for it. That's what I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, um, even that one, <laughs> obviously it's a mixture of CGI as well, but I mean, it still looks nice to look at in both points of views. Um, the When Flash appears, that's obviously uh, yeah. nicely shot. The blue light. Yeah. Like, obviously, that's obviously a mixture of cinematography and special effects, but it still looks nice to look at. And then, even the basic things uh, later on, when you get to see all the other characters' appearance, because obviously, I didn't state obviously the characters and characters, but obviously we get to see Jason Momoa's Aquaman, uh, Ray Fisher's Cyborg, and obviously you get to see Ezra Miller's Flash as well. Through that, obviously, sequence when Wonder Woman's clicking on all the video footage. Obviously, all those are pretty much shown. Still, you can still see the computer screen in most of them, pretty much. And... It's a lot. Not, it's a lot different than just obviously just zooming on the video and just having the video on screen. It's a lot yeah. nicer seeing it. For, she, literally seeing it from her point of view of watching these on a computer screen. She can still see the outline on the screen. You can still see the outline on the screen. It looks nice. But it's the basic of things, but it still looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> looks nice. Shelled it. It's a good. It was a nice little detail. Yeah, nice detail. If I like like kept that photo detail and other stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> Instead, they run to the capture the one woman looking at his computer screen. Yeah. <laughs> so we you? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we'll move on then to score. And I've spent the last week obviously preparing for this uh, review by listening to the actual score over and over again. And it just gets better and better each time I listen to it. As I said, it captures that sort of angel and demon side of it, which I was pointed out is sort of like an overtone of this movie. And I just love each piece of music. Each has their perks. And I Wonder Woman's, for example, great piece of music. Hans yeah. Zimmer and I think it's Junkie XL who also worked on it with him. They both knocked it at the park as usual. Yeah, uh, I mean, for me, it's more of like there's some that I like completely forget while watching it. Whereas like her one, obviously, it stands out the most that it's sort of become iconic in a way. Like it's, when you hear it, like that's from the Wonder Woman film, or it's, that's Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? It feels like her. Whereas some of the ones to like generic soundtrack music. No one say generic, generic. Like, like, like not all of them, but there are some that I just like goes over. Like, oh, it's gone. Like that we like pay attention to. Mm, fair, fair enough. Yeah. Obviously, I'm I'm more of a beautiful lies kind of guy. The the intro song is just beautiful. Yeah, it captures the sadness and sorrow within Batman. But yeah, I I I really enjoyed the score. I feel like just like Man of Steel, it's a solid score. Which is the way the one of the things that ha- the DC extended universe, what it was called back then, but now it's DC Worlds because I keep changing the fucking name in five seconds. Um, it's one thing it always had. It always had a great soundtrack to each movie because they always picked the right composers like Hans Zimmer. Great. Words. Okay. Forgetting. <laughs> Good score. Move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because by the time we fucking finish this, we'll be longer than the fucking film. <laughs> um, special effects. I think they're decent again. Just like Man of Steel, I think yeah. there's some good special, special effects. Though obviously a lot of people hate the design of Doomsday. I didn't mind it. I feel like it It obviously starts off as this sort of troll, but it, it earns the spikes and that. So for the context of the story, it makes sense, his design choice. And I feel like when he does have the spikes, he looks really good. He's like, like a Pokemon. He's still evolving. Yeah, basically. And obviously there's a lot of other sort of sequences that use special effects. And I, again, a lot of things with the, especially the first two movies, they had good special effects. We won't talk about the last two, the next two, just yet. Um, or three, technically. Um... But I mean, again, I feel like they did a good job of making this movie look legit. <laughs> That's the word I'm after here. Yeah. I can't really think of anything that looked dicey off the top of my noggin. <laughs> no, can't think I mean, of anything. <laughs> not really, no. I mean, there was one moment of, like, of Doomsday returned and the CGI looked a little bit rough. Like, it wasn't as polished as the other scenes were. But it was like, it goes by so fast, you, you barely notice it. So oh, I didn't notice it. Is that the point I mean, I was <laughs> it, but... Well, I, to be fair, yeah. 
for that sequence, I was watching you fall asleep. <laughs> so, like, I think I'm more... I'm not like, a perv. My attention picked up more when Wonder Woman came up. When it really got to that scene, I woke up a bit more. I never felt like so. I was more awake, like, after that. Because it, it, it was after Wonder Woman appeared. But, yeah, like, most of, of like, what we saw was good CGI. Just there were some elements, like, barely noticeable, but there. were there still. Okay. Okay, then. Uh, action sequences. There's a few here. Uh, so, obviously, the movie kicks off after the, obviously, intro of the deaths. We get to see the Zod and Superman fight, but from the ground perspective. Similar to, obviously, when we saw the, obviously, from Perry's perspective in the last one. It, obviously, this time, it's from Bruce Wayne's perspective as he's trying to make his way all the way to yeah. Wayne uh, Tower. Obviously, driving through, watching all the destruction crash around him. So there's not really much fighting going on in it. It's literally just meant to be, obviously, it's just like a really like, fast-paced Bruce Wayne like driving as quick as he can. Yeah, like a disaster. That's exactly. It's literally like yeah. a disaster film rather than, obviously, a superhero film for the fact that it's, obviously, it's just him driving as quick as he can. But it was less Batman, more 2012. Yeah, basically. Obviously, it made sense for the context of the movie for the fact that this is what set him off. He's already tipped anyway because of everything else that's happened in his life, but... This moment, watching that entire building of people just get va- vaporized and crumble to pieces and whatnot—that's yeah. what fully set him off. Especially, obviously, well, with that little girl when he's like, yeah. oh, "Where's your parents?" She's just like, "Up there." He's like, "I'm gonna kill you, Superman!" Dun dun. Right after I start training, this girl's been back girl. <laughs> it's not bad oh, girl. Oh, sorry, Robin. It's not Robin. <laughs> It's nothing. She's just a character that's in the movie that's only in one scene. It's just because, like, the whole point of Batman is if I find a kid, like a kid that's lost the parents, uh, you lost your parents? Me too, kid. You come with me. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you. You're basically making I'm Batman sound like a paedophile. Batman's a child catcher. No, he just gets kids and trains them to punch clowns. He still sounds like a child catcher. Well, it is Barber. Is he going to start ch- singing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang as he's driving away? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Moving on. Um, but obviously, from an action point of view, it's not. Obviously, it's a sort of big action moment. As I say it's more disaster movie enough. I I think it's I still enjoyed it. I still thought it was a decent sort of way to kick off this movie and give Batman his motivation to go. I'm gonna fight Superman. I'm gonna fight him. I'm not gonna sit back anymore. Even though, because obviously, it though he's obviously been fighting crime for the past how long he's sort of had. He wasn't as like sort of a major sort of uh, all out as he was until that happened. Obviously, from that point, then he was like, okay, 100% of the time there on Batman, pretty much. Because he was sort of like in a 50-50 state, I think, from it. He was more of a businessman more than anything by this point. Yeah. He wasn't like fully retired, but he was like half in, half out. And when this happened, he was like, okay, I'm, all, I'm back in there. That's it. I'm I'm busting up Superman. Unless he says my mum's name and then I'm stopping. Let's be honest. Batman and Superman are both tipping over the mum. Yep. Just saying. But yeah, good scene. And from, nice from uh, someone else's perspective for that fight. Definitely, yeah. 
The next sequence, I will say, is a great sequence, and that is the nightmare sequence. That entire shot, when I went, when I first saw it in cinema, I was like, wait, what the hell's going on here? And then Batman just starts essentially shooting people. I'm like, am I watching Batman murder people? A whole sequence yeah. is just really well shot and looked really nice. I like the look of it that went forward with Batman with that sort of a trench coat and the goggles and whatnot. It looked really yeah. like, cool. I mean, how I, how I would say this is, it was shot amazing, it looked amazing, it was done beautifully. However, what was the fucking point of it? To tell, show you that there's a nightmare timeline. The fact that what happened was... when Doomsday comes, which is obviously what the whole thing is with the next Justice League. Because this it, 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 it carries on. Well, that's the whole. Literally, the whole point of it's just a nightmare at the time. It's just him literally just falling asleep yeah. and the it, nightmare happening. And obviously, then we get the flash moment where he's like, "Oh, Lois is the key. You need to follow." Yeah. Basically, this is literally the sequence is here just to say, "Make the Justice League go on, find us all." Yeah, I know, but like, it's also a little bit. Conf- it's a bit confusing. It felt like. It was added afterwards, in a way. I don't know. This this has always been how Snyder was sort of going with it, so... I mean, I mean it's, he probably would have planned to have that in anyways. But I mean, like, the way like, it, can, it felt, like... Okay, nowhere. Out of the blue, yeah. I feel like he's just trying to find any point that Bruce falls asleep. <laughs> Basically, yeah. It, it just... It was very confusing at the first. I thought, I was, like... Switch the remote and went to a different film or something. Because it'd be like you're sitting there, you're watching the first Iron Man, he falls asleep and he dreams of Thanos like stabbing him with a knife or anything snapping. You're like, what? I, I get, cuts back I, to I, 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 get, Iron I, get, Man. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I do get what you're saying. It comes out of nowhere, but from a personal point of view, I really enjoyed it. I liked seeing the Parademons for the first time. I like the fact we got to see Bad Guy Superman because I very much enjoyed Bad Guy Superman and the fact that I enjoyed okay. the Injustice games where you yeah. literally see Bad Guy Superman so I would enjoy them going that path at some point maybe showing this evil version like as a proper like full film where they're battling him so it was nice to see that and obviously as I say we got this cool version of Batman to see and also we got the, the future Flash we literally got to see the, the first sort of vision of this movie star Flash Yeah, obviously he's a lot different in the actual movies later on, but the future version looks quite cool. I like the helmet. I mean, the Flash fit, I'd keep in. It was just the nightmare scene. Like, it would have been more, like, fitting if they used that, like, more of, like, if they showed him falling asleep, maybe it would be more, like, less out of the blue. Maybe. Divided opinion, then. Let's just put it at that. And move on. Uh, obviously, the next sort of action sequence is the Batman build chase. Uh, I I think it was really cool. Obviously, it starts with him with the sniper rifle and he's putting the the dart to the back of the fucking truck, and then he just comes out. No, his Batman build starts playing for everyone. And I like this for the <laughs> fact that we get to see this side of Batman. It's like I don't give a shit for the fact that he just slams everything and blows everything up. He drives straight for a building. Don't give a shit. Straight for the building. Ramp up. I want to destroy everything as much as I can. Batman doesn't kill. He just breaks all your legs and arms, makes you that like. Is the, that is literally the plot. Like one of the purposes of the Dark Knight Returns animated film. He literally just like puts those people in hospital. He literally breaks this guy's like legs and everything. The cops like, 
oh, it's going to kill him. He's like, it's not going to die. He's, he's, he'll walk fine soon. He's just, he's young. He'll be fine. And he literally, he knows where to, like, where to do the damage. But technically speaking, this version of Batman, he kind of does kill people. He does. I'll point out the bit where I'm about the bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's loads of times when he yeah. obviously fucking kills somebody. But Every I mean, single Batman film, there's a scene like that. Yeah, I feel like it's probably one of my... Actually, I'll, I'll probably say it's my favourite Batmobile chase sequence. So we had a few, obviously, in the Dark Knight movies, but they were just basically him just chasing after people, and it, it it wasn't obviously as action sort of focused, though, because obviously, obviously he had all the... He didn't... How did I put this? He just used the tank just to play into people, whereas this version at times, he was using, like, fucking, like... In a sense, fucking, um, like, tow hooks and whatnot just to fucking hook people up and just send them crashing. Basically, he was using them as weapons, essentially. And even, obviously, with the fucking rocket launch, he was just dodging out the way. Basically, anything they threw at him, he was just using it as ways just for them to just kill themselves, essentially. Like a tanker, when they drive out in front of it, aiming to block him, and he just fucking just drives it to the side, and they just crash into it and blow up. Like that, essentially. I just think it's a really cool scene. I was remembering that Martha scene. It, it's killing me. Martha. We're not on Martha, we're on the Batman chase. What's your thoughts? I, I don't know, but you thought, that's, that's the problem. I'm trying to keep figure stuff, but I just keep going to the Martha. Well, we're going to be on that bit in a minute, so, you know. I don't want to be. Just, just say you liked or hated the Batman Bill chase, we move on. I liked or hated the Batman film, move on. Different words to what I said, but okay. Um, <laughs> if we we'll move on to the actual fight, then Batman vs Superman, and though obviously the ending is very controversial, as you point have said many times already, the one word, I feel like the actual fight itself was really cool. I feel like obviously, as say Superman stupidly punched him instantly, which set off the whole fight after Batman tried to attack him. But I mean, when they're actually going like toe to toe, I feel like it's really a really really cool fight. Like, just battering the crap out of each other. Literally, I like the bit when Batman like puts the zip line around his fucking leg and just like, spins him around the fucking room, smashing through every fucking pillar there is. That was cool. The bathroom fight when he's just using the fucking uh, different parts of the bathroom to smash each other in. That was cool. I think in general the fucking whole fight obviously was shot cool. Had a decent sort of score of the background. The lighting was really like adding to it. I agree. But we have the infamous still, part. Yeah. When Batman has no. the upper advantage and Superman no. asks him to save Martha. No. And he's like gets really confused, like, wait, what? I'm I'm sorry. And he has the flashbacks to the start of the movie, making the start actually seem more useful into the purpose of the movie. And then obviously Lois comes in, stops him, he's like, Oh yes, his mum's name. He's like, What? Oh shit, we've got the same name Mom. Oh, I can't kill you now. Oh, best friends. <laughs> <laughs> and though it's controversial, at times I like controversy. And over time, it just hasn't bothered me as much as it bothers you. Is this why you say you support Hitler? You shouldn't say this stuff, Tom. That's you, you not me. You, you are a disgusting person, Tom. You that's, should get help. That's you, not me. Yeah, that's what I said. That's you. God... He doesn't listen, does he? Jesus. <sighs> God. Yeah, I, I don't, it doesn't bother me as much anymore. Didn't it? And again. In, I in, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <sighs> I meant Martha. I don't think, oh. it, I don't think it, it really bothered me at any point. I've never been fussed with the fact that he says Martha is the way to stop the fight. It's not been anything that's pissed me off as it just pisses you off. 
And um, yeah. We'll move on because I know you, you don't like it. It pisses you off. Um, we'll actually move on to a post scene to that, which is the whereas fight with Batman, which is actually really good. Yes, it's obviously, better than it, more. It, it kicks off with obviously the Batwing or whatever he's calls it in this universe. I'm assuming he still calls it the Batwing, uh, blowing up the sh- shit out of fucking cars and whatnot. But then when he actually goes into the building and starts beating the hever living crap out of everyone. And the one thing I was saying when he pretty much... He's definitely killed this guy. The one when he's punching that guy on the floor over and over again. He's clearly fucking killed that guy. He's mushing his brains into the ground. You just don't see it. And he fucking, that one guy gets stabbed because of Batman. I, I, I feel like he's definitely killed some people in here. But I mean, the whole, whole overall context of seeing this sequence is really cool. And it's pure Batman delight. I mean... Yeah, that's honest. That's a good example of saying the Batman scenes are better than the Superman ones because all the Batman fight scenes is fucking amazing. Exactly. Even, like when he's sitting there relaxing, talking to Scar, fucking amazing. <laughs> and obviously, in the context, of the, obviously the movie, then obviously he, that guy blows up because he tries to vaporize Batman with the fucking the fire, but. It's an example of Batman killing someone for the fact that he's broken this fucking gas tank. So as soon as the fire hits it, boom, boom, goes dynamite. Example of Batman killing someone. Because he... He's not took... dead. He's just so burnt he can't breathe, okay? Pretty certain he's dead. Um, but obviously you got that one moment where he's like, oh, I'm a friend of your son's. You know, I only just met your son, but I'm, your best, I'm his best friend right now because he's got the same mom's name. And he's obviously uh, fucking Martha's like, oh yeah, I, I clearly guessed. It's, you know, the cape that gives it away. Because, you know, people with capes hang out all the time together. It's how it works. Maybe logic. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've seen all the, uh, like, DC animated cartoons. All the cape ones hang out to it. The ones that don't, they all swear at each other. Like, I'm not going to hang out with you. I mean, that's the reason why Superboy doesn't wear a cape. He doesn't want to hang around with all the caped ones. It's weird. You've seen Robin. <laughs> yes. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, good good fight, Batman. Good fight. A nice little end solo fight for you to show yeah. off your new skills or old skills, technically. Uh, yeah. So obviously, the the next fight moving on is the start of the Doomsday fight with Superman, where obviously it's just a, basically them just do battering the shit out of each other for a, a short while before obviously getting sent into space and getting nuked. But yeah. Superman gets the worst off it because he's just like a zombie. Well, Doomsday is like, oh yeah, I'm becoming more Doomsday now. But I mean, the context of the fight, obviously, just show it's showcasing obviously these two, their like power levels, the fact that they're quite even at times, mm. and obviously it also shows that Doomsday's got this other ability where he takes enough damage, he he's essentially evolves. He basically gets to like level twenty, and he's finally evolving, and then he's got you know go get to level uh, thirty or forty, depending on what species, and uh, he's evolving again. Yeah. But, you know, it's a decent little fight to kick off this, you know, essentially trio of Doomsday fights. It shows his skills in the fight. That's all that matters here. Obviously, like, it's a bit like, um, like Thor and Hulk fighting, like, visually. These big hulking, massive guys, bikes and stuff, hitting a guy with tights. Cape. Essentially, yeah. yeah. It's basically like that. It's still good. Yeah. 
And obviously that sort of flows into the next sort of arc of the fight, which is obviously Batman getting involved. And obviously he does it. He doesn't obviously like physically fight him with his fist, but he uses his weapons on his vehicles to shoot, showing that obviously he clearly can't go toe to toe like Superman can. It shows oh, yeah. this. Though Batman's cool, he's a lot weaker, and he he has to use his tech to fight, which is a nice little like showing. So obviously we've just seen Batman take the shit, kick the shit out of all these bad guys, but now we're seeing the fact that. Yeah, he's not actually that strong, so he's got to actually stay in his vehicle for this fight. And even like, when he actually gets to the fight later on, yeah. you don't see him. He obviously never goes toe to toe. He always does distance fighting. So it shows that yeah. other side to Batman, essentially. It'd be like Kai and Black Widow go up against Thanos. Like, uh, yeah, uh, what can we fucking do against this guy? <laughs> yeah. Shoot guns. No. Basically, it's like that. But I still think it's a nice little scene of obviously just showing Batman flying around and shooting. Yeah. And it, uh, Ben Affleck in the cockpit going, Aah! he's trying to like not crash. It's basically, that is the whole reason for why there is like always uh, like some killable people. It's like random like minions for the bad guy. It's so all the human characters have something to do. Yeah, basically. Pretty much. Or else they're like this, they're just here going, what the fuck do we do? Yeah, and obviously... Should we just like, play tic-tac-toe or something? <laughs> I've, got, I've got cards. Do that. <laughs> and obviously the the third half of this fight is obviously Trinity versus Doomsday. So Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. So obviously Wonder Woman comes in, badass as always. And then Batman gets yeah. out his cockpit. Superman arrives, bashes fucking Doomsday. They all look at each other. They're like, oh, is she with you? And he's like, oh, I thought she was with you. Because fucking Batman's a racist. This isn't the first time that like Wonder Woman has been like in between... Superman and Batman. Mm, freeway. Um but yeah, obviously in negative obviously they're like, oh yeah, we need the Kryptonite spear. Lois is already getting there, she's drowning and whatnot. Um and in obviously this, this bit of fight now obviously we see one of them using a, a sword skills, using her punching skills and what and yeah. a shield to obviously help fight Doomsday. Superman's obviously using his uh heat uh laser beams, heat rays, whatever fucking you know what I mean. Uh, is that is that really cool scene when he sort of flies and the sort sort of blasts, doesn't he? And then Doomsday just does the exact same back, and then sort of yeah. obviously Doomsday just overpowers him instantly. Obviously, Wonder Woman. Actually, I think that's a bit when uh, he goes to attack again, but then he hears Lois and has to go save her. So obviously, we see a bit more Batman just getting there uh, after flight a zip line around because he's getting attacked by Doomsday. He's like, yep, 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 yep. I'm out of here. Bye, 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 bye. Basically, he's like he's like that kid that uh, wants to fight but he doesn't want to fight. He's like, yep, bye, bye. Uh, Stay as far away as I can. I'm over here. Come get me. Okay, I'm over here now. Like that sort of thing. And obviously, then they bring this the spear yeah. into it. All you can fucking do is that. Yeah, and obviously he brings the spear into it, and Superman has to start. Uh, he obviously tries to fly. Uh, Doomsday's doing it really badly. Scripting lights. What the heck? Uh, one of them is uh, lasso a truth of fucking Doomsday, and Batman's shooting the last Kryptonite fucking gas canister from a distance. And eventually, obviously, Superman stabs him. And you have to think about this this way. If it wasn't for Wonder Woman lobbing uh, Doomsday's arm off, he wouldn't have had a weapon to kill Superman. <laughs> so Wonder Woman yeah. killed Superman. <laughs> True. She, she lobbed his arm off. He grew the spike and he stabbed him. So Wonder Woman killed Superman, not Doomsday. But, 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 there wouldn't be a Doomsday if it wasn't for Mark Zuckerberg. Just think of that. Damn you, Back Zuckerberg! There. Looking Back at that. Looking at, looking at my uh, advertisement stuff again. How did you know I wanted that from Wish? 
<laughs> no, yeah. I, I do know I've watched, watched One Direction. I don't want to buy Harry Styles from Wish for twenty dollars. Yeah, as a overall free arc to this little fight here, I think it was a really decent fight showing yeah. off all their skills. Obviously, we only get a brief one of them, but again, it's enough to show her skills for the obviously her film coming up. But I feel like we've got enough of each of them showing off what they can do against this sort of thing. And obviously, we got the ending of Superman dying, which obviously no one would have probably expected heading into it. Like, oh shit, they just killed Superman off. Wow. So I'll give them credit there. It's a good fight. He's a very surprising lad, his death. Like, when you watch these, like, films, I think people, because people got so used to, like, Marvel, all the main characters didn't really, like, start dying until Infinity War, really. So it's like, no one's really, like, ever, and haven't seen it before. It's very new. Yeah, especially being, like, a major, major yeah. sort of character, like, two movies in. Fuck, they just killed yeah. Superman. It would literally just be like if in like the first ever Avengers film you see like Cap just get, get decapitated. Yeah. Basically like that. It'd like, be a big fucking give, them, give them credit for fucking going for it. Obviously it's playing off for the fact in just like the resurrection parts coming out. But for when this came out, I give them credit for doing what they did. So yeah, uh, I feel like they got some good action sequences in this film. I feel like there's a bit more in this than there was in um, Man of Steel. Because obviously they've got the Batman side to it. Yeah. So, good fights. Good fights. Uh, Hayden, you know what time it is, yeah. don't you? Um, Hayden's editing hour or yeah, five minutes running over. I thought it was um, six. No. What's got time on? No, it's editing. Do you editing? Okay. Um, editing was absolutely piss poor. Like, every now and then, near, like, the like, last half of the film, it just kept going black. And then, like, it'll come back again, like, with no explanation. It'll keep going black again. And then, oh, I'm going to falling asleep. <laughs> I was like, wait, I don't remember that. <laughs> I think your eyes are falling asleep. Stop sleeping on the job. <laughs> All right. There weren't any stand at the moment. The only thing I can think of is just Wonder Woman. There are some scenes, like bad ways, but some scenes that didn't seem like they fit. But there were some good moments, like we mentioned, with the woman that was fucking good. the way like it, the like like as he's getting. She, like, I can't was it Batman getting blasted? Yeah, he was in the Batmobile. Uh, the yeah. Batwing, he couldn't get out. He's like, he oh shit. Trapped, like, oh no, seatbelts. And then she just comes down, like, like Batman's kryptonite. Yeah. Seatbelts. <laughs> it's very good. So, yeah. Basically, it's a film that has its moments and has its uh, basically yeah. ups and downs, like the film in general, basically. Yeah, but like the physical editing, though, there's no, like, actual proper standouts, but, like, the effect wise and the way it was like shot was done good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, obviously, next up is the pacing of the movie, and it obviously flows as non-movie should. Really, it doesn't. It doesn't. It obviously, it doesn't really like jump timeline wise. Apart from obviously the start of it when it's jumping from the uh, the. the it, I'd say the the nightmares and the dream. Obviously, that I mean, I, I mean. 
I mean, other than that, I mean, apart from the time jump at the start to the modern time, a lot of it just flows normal time. Like, it just goes from uh, them finding their fucking uh, kryptonite in the floor to obviously Superman's death. It just flows like sort of normal time. Obviously, they've got that cut in the middle where, obviously, they said nightmare sequence happens. But if you cut that out, a lot of the rest of it's just it just flows normally. It doesn't really rush at times. Because yeah. it doesn't really have to rush for the fact that it's three hours long. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like you said, it's very linear, but like those moments, I think, messed up the pace. Really. That's probably the reason why I don't like them, is because, like, not only like, they come out of nowhere, but they do mess up the pace. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Moving on. Um, production design, and obviously we both stated the Bat, uh, Batcave looks amazing. Uh, they yeah. they definitely stole the, uh, Bruce Wayne definitely outbidded Iron Man for the uh, Avengers compound. It still looks cool. Um, desert scenes look really cool. Obviously, there's probably a mixture there with practical and digital there. Um, trying to think of some of those. Basically, I think, as usual, these films, the production designs usually, oh, pardon me, um, usually good. I don't really, there's not really any sort of bad production design, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, the props are pretty good, the setting good, and outfits. Outfits are very good, especially Batman's yeah, uh, Batman's armor. Monster. Love his armor. Armor and, like, his normal suit. Don't... Things well, it's really good. They don't fit. They don't feel like impractical on the other Like it doesn't feel like he caught him with the head. Yeah. But like, it seems like a normal, realistic Batman. Well done. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, script. Uh, this feels like a normal script to me. To be fair. Yeah. No, I can't. <laughs> the, dialogue, the dialogue is just the normal amount of dialogue it felt like the script was like really good but some of the fan ones they flew out and no one could find them so they had to add them <laughs> as you already said he's the, the dicey part of the movie it's the same half yeah I mean the, the normal sort of dialogue it, it, it's your average amount of dialogue it's, there's nothing really too bad about it there's nothing really great about it that, that sums it up for me. <laughs> I think a lot of like um, scars seem pretty good. Yeah. Jamie Irons is good, that's why. Yeah. I, mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to find out like he had them himself. Them himself. <laughs> really. Friends come with faster again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, ending time. Uh, so obviously the ending is basically Batman wanted to bring the metahumans together to obviously deal with the war that's incoming thanks to what Luther said about the fact that God's dead so the battle's been wrong and whatnot. and obviously Superman's not fully dead with that little tease the ground hovering up and obviously this is all just because of the fucking the nightmare timeline Batman's like yeah I need a team right now I watched uh, two Avengers movies before this and we definitely need a team uh, yeah so let's get a team <laughs> Obviously, I don't think you have like set all these characters first before getting the team. No, we're getting the team now, okay? Yeah, it'll be fine. It's fine. 
for the context of maybe the actual Justice League movie that's coming out, maybe it's going to even be... It works, but obviously from the bottom we got, it just obviously it's very rushed for the fact it's only like four, five movies in. But obviously it wouldn't be... It would be very stupid of us not to mention the fact that we get to see Steppenwolf in the extended version. We get to see the little tease of him and the fact that that's literally what he meant by the war is coming because Steppenwolf literally is bringing the war along with Apocalypse to Earth, which then would lead to Nightmare Timeline if they don't stop it, so... That was cool. But, you know, it's, it's a decent ending. I won't say it's dreadful. It's decent. I don't know how you could really end it other than mourning the fact that Superman's dead. It makes, uh, it makes maybe, sense. Maybe show um, Martin Zuckerberg getting shot in the head? Well, he, got sh- he had his head shaved, so it's a... Uh, you know, he's lost his beautiful locks, so it's fine. It's fine. It's not like he's going to get a prison or anything. Oh, wait. Damn you, Facebook! Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, you average sort of ending to a movie. I don't know how I'd like it to have ended, to be fair. I haven't really thought of that. It was like, okay, three hours are up. I'm off for a piece. I mean, that is most people's favourite part of the film. <laughs> when you get to pee. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thank fuck, that's gone. That's good. Come on, okay. we'll never come here again. Fucking waste of money. <laughs> okay, then, uh... Well, away from the ending now, because, you know, me, mediocre. Um, so, one new segment I've added is favourite moment of the movie. So, mine is the Way Murder opening. Just, I think it's very artsy-fartsy. It's really nice to look at. And Beautiful Liar on top of it. Magnificent. Magnificent. I mean, my favourite part is when um, Fred Xavier popped up. That's not Xavier, it's Lex Luthor. It was Lex Luthor. <laughs> it's Facebook again. It's got you again. <laughs> They're just going to offer you the, the X-Men complete box set for a reduced price of 20 quid. I'm going to have that. Thank you. <laughs> I'll <do> that. <laughs> oh, but obviously, Pat Ramman. Wonder Woman. Wonder, Wonder Woman's arrival. Yeah. It's very, it's very good moment. There's a few, there is a few good moments, that, but I, I agree. These, that's like a really standout moment. It was very tough for me because there's a few moments I do like, but that song at the start just gets me every time. So we'll move on to the pinnacle moment of the movie, the rating, and I enjoy controversy at times. So I'm going to get some controversial stuff. I so I'm gonna give Batman vs Superman Autumn Edition specifically, not the base edition. That'd be like a mm, seven and a half, maybe eight a push. But I do like some of the extra half hour stuff that fill plot holes, which I just can't remember off the top of my head because it's been a while since I watched the first version. Because you know, I watched the first version, then we got the free version. Uh, so I'm gonna give Batman vs Superman Ultimate Edition a controversial nine out of ten. <laughs> You are purposely rating this higher than you rated. <laughs> yes, I am. It's time to meme me up. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> My rating is going to be a seven. It's there are some moments that make it a good film, the others that make it average. So seven is how it goes. That's Highest, I'll give it. Fair enough. Uh, I was expecting you to go lower, actually, but fair enough. Um, 
points go to Wonder Woman and Jamie Iron, just saying so you know. Fair enough. Uh, so that gives Batman vs Superman Ultimate Edition a test cave overall rating of 8 out of 10. Uh, so we'll quickly move on. <laughs> we'll quickly move to uh, over to the Chatter Cave MVP award, and we both straight up agreed it's got to be Batman. Ben Affleck's yeah. Batman is got to be. He's like one of the, he's like the best part of this movie, apart from when Wonder Woman does come in. Oh, it's Batman. I've got, I've got, I've got a guy written down, Jesse Eisenberg. No, it's. Really, oh, it's wrong again. I've always said nothing, Ward. God damn it. Ben Affleck's great. We'll move on because we've already spoke so much about how much we fucking love how he's a performance of Batman. Okay, so the runner-up for the Jack Cave MVP award is, we both easily agree on this as well, Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot. She does great when she comes into it, overshadows them, everyone. But for the fact that we've got Batman for the like a good two hours or so, it, it, it just about tips it over. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll move on then to uh, the question of the day. And, you know, I thought to myself, what could I write here? So, I'd, you know. I just thought the obvious thing, and that is, what other franchise would you like to see collide in a versus movie? This is tough one, really. Dora vs. Uh, Diego. <laughs> my joke, that, that would be my joke version, but you know my real version would be to have some kind of like like Marvel and Ben 10 connection. That, you know that would be it. Come on, it's me. It is you, yes. Yeah, I, I'd love it. Be good. I feel like this is the fact that they're obviously in the sort of they've got the same director. I feel like just League versus fucking Watchmen would be very interesting. So obviously it's two different kinds. Obviously, yeah, it's, it'd be pretty much like Doctor. It'd be basically Manhattan versus fucking Superman. It'd be uh, fucking Night Owl versus Batman. Uh, Silver Spectre, I think her name is Silk Spectre or whatever her fucking name is. Her versus Wonder Woman, shit, man. Uh, and then Raw Shark just taking out everyone else by going, "Hey, look at my mask. What do you see?" Yeah, and then Batman's like, "Wait, you look like my dad," because the one guy's the same in that movie. And he goes, "Are you my dad?" Okay, guys, I'm changing team. I'm Watchmen now. I mean, let's be honest. I can imagine that they're basically the same characters. Yeah, what I could do though is write out Superman and uh, Manhattan like a. Uh, Civil War did with Hulk and Thor. Oh, good point. Yeah, that would also... Because obviously then the big guns are gone, aren't they? Right, yeah, right. Maybe even what? take Wonder Woman out for the these, fact that she's overpowered as well. True. Basically, that maybe have like, the sort of... The ones that basically use weapons or basically use fighting skills more than, like, superpowers. Instead, Basically, take out the, the Flash. Oh, good point. You take out the Flash because he's super speed. So you're just going to be Batman versus... No, you'd, br- you'd bring in, like, some other characters, obviously. Because there is obviously like, stuff like Green Arrow and stuff like that. Obviously, you'd build it up to work right, so you bring interest these characters into this universe so it makes sense for the fight. Yeah. You get my drift. I, I think there's, there's loads of other fucking... Batman, Green Arrow, Robin and Batgirl versus the entirety of the Watchmen while Aquaman sitting in the background <laughs> to a fish. They're like, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll punch him in the face. It's great. But yeah, I, I feel like there's many other franchises that could do brawl, like brawl out. There's a, there's a lot that'd be interesting, but you know, I just randomly said Watchmen for the fact I looked right and I saw the Watchmen Blu-ray. Simple as. Time to just fighting in the background doing uh, rock paper scissors because they can't actually fight that killing the entire world. Yes. Like, like that's okay, money. Rock paper scissors. 
Okay, let's, let's end it then because we've gone way too over time. Join us uh, next week as we discuss Suicide Squad extended cut. You know, the one with like an extra 10 minutes. Oh. Uh, and, you know, we've, we've, got, we've got James here, hopefully. So that's a nice little uh, special guest there to kick us off. Uh, so, and um, until then, uh, I've been your host, Ranking Thomas Hughes. Bye. <laughs> and it's been Chat Cave Podcast. Oh, my man. <laughs>